JPK brought to you in part by Zero Res. A clean home is a healthy home. Right now, Zero Res is cleaning carpets for $33 per room. Mention DJ and PK when you call, and you get a fourth room clean for free. Call Zero Res today to schedule your cleaning at 801-288-9376. Time to welcome in Kendra Andrews. Covers the Denver Nuggets for The Athletic. Kendra, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? We're doing well. We're doing well. We are curious. Of course, we know the Jazz are going to be shorthanded without two starters, but are the Nuggets going to be missing two guys? And if you don't know definitively, do you have even an educated guess, or do you know definitively? I know definitively that, yes, the the Nuggets will be without Will Barton um, and Gary Harris, but even if I didn't know, I would have guessed that they would not have played they haven't played in what's now about five months since the season stopped in March. And, you know, this early in the playoffs, even if they were healthy, there'd be no real reason to risk them getting injured in the first game of the first round. So how legitimate then is Porter Jr.? Because from the outside here anyway, watching him on television, he's looked pretty good. I mean, I think that this is kind of the Michael Porter Jr. that, this team thought he was going to be when they drafted him. Of course, during the regular season, he had some up and down moments. And I think that that really came from him not getting those consistent minutes and not getting the spots that he was quite used to. He was still learning the offense. He still is learning the defense. He still needs to improve on that end. But I think what we're seeing now is the kind of player that he really is. He's a high volume player scorer who can shoot the ball he's a guy who's big enough to get into the paint and this is I think that this is going to be how they use Michael Porter Jr. down the line do you think the Jazz can attack Michael Porter Jr. uh, and when he's on defense maybe run Joe Ingles pick and rolls at him and have a, uh, a major advantage there I think that's it. I think playing Joe Ingles, the pick and rolls on Michael Porter, that's going to be a really big advantage for the Jazz. Like I said before, Michael Porter Jr.'s defense still have a lot of room for improvement. And the Nuggets as a whole right now, their defense has a lot of room for improvement. That's been their Achilles heel. They're currently second to last in the teams there in their defense. And they're not a great pick and roll defending team. And so I think if you can get Joe Ingles on Porter, then that should be an advantage for Utah. I think when it comes to Michael Porter's offense, I think that's where the edge will go back to Denver. And I think that Michael Porter Jr., you know, I mean, this is a new situation for him. He's never played in the playoffs before, but I think that that edge will go back to Denver. The Nuggets have put together a pretty good season last year, and then they followed it up with a decent season this year with a fairly high seed. And we talk about teams that are in contention. It doesn't seem that the Nuggets get a whole lot of respect and a whole lot of publicity, at least from my perspective. Have you heard any of the players talk about that, and can that be a driving motivation to it, at least to an extent? I think it is. You know, it's, I mean, it's hard to really be part of the conversation in the West, at least, when you have two teams like the Clippers and the Lakers who are above you, who kind of dominate that conversation. But I think that this team, you know, at least before the hiatus was going and we were kind of, you know, in that initial playoff push when it, when we thought that it was going to go as scheduled, 
they still felt that they were contenders. And I do think that they, they like having that underdog mentality because that's who they were for so long. They had to prove themselves time and time and time again. And now I think they're like, here we are. We're still a top three seed in the West and we're still proving ourselves. And I do think that they feed off of that just a little bit. Kendra Andrews joining us, covers the Denver Nuggets for The Athletic. Uh, you can't be the quietest guy in the NBA unless your name is Kawhi Leonard. I think he's got that trophy for as long as he's in the NBA. But the Joker, it's a pretty good nickname, but he doesn't seem to have a ton of personality. He seems a very mellow, even-keeled guy. Is that just me watching games if you're around him at practices and shoot-arounds and all that? Uh, what's his personality like? Or, or does he just always have it dialed back and quiet? You know, I think I think it's kind of the he 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 somehow has found a balance of being very quiet and dialed back, but still having being kind of funny, but not funny in a way that's going to make you die laughing. Just just quirky little one liners that he likes to say or little quiet jokes that he likes to say. Uh, I mean, I think one day he was wearing a shirt that said, "I'd rather be gaming than be here," which kind of fits his personality to a T. But he is a quiet guy. I think, you know, he's somehow found a balance, which I think Kawhi has been able to do too, is to be quiet and not have the super loud personality in your face, but still be a leader and still be vocal when it comes to the things that need vocal leadership. And that's something that Nicole Jokic has really grown into over this past year. But, you know, he has, his, he has his goofy moments, but, you know, he's not the class clown. And you describe that quiet leadership type of stuff. And really, to me, based on the experience of when we had him here, describes Paul Millsap, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, Paul Millsap, I said that I think that at least before the hiatus and before the bubble restart, Paul Millsap was one of the Nuggets' most consistent players. And even when he wasn't, you know, putting up big numbers, he, I mean, before last season, he was one of just three Nuggets to have had playoff experience. And so he's the, you know, he's the seasoned vet of the team. He's the wise guy who can really, who they really respect what he has to say because they know that he's been there and they weren't there. And so I think Paul Millsap is extremely important to this team. If not what he does on the court, then what he provides to the locker room. Kendra Andrews joining us, covers the Denver Nuggets for the Athletic. Uh, We all know that the Jazz wanted to play the Nuggets, but the Nuggets wanted to play the Jazz (laughs) too. What do the Nuggets see in the Jazz, aside from the absence of two starters, that uh, really encourages them? Right. Well, you know, and, and when the Nuggets were kind of targeting the Jazz, Mike Connolly wasn't out. They were expecting to play him. And I think what it really came down to, they think they feel that they match up against the Jazz better than the Dallas Mavericks, who is who they would have probably played if they had gotten that two seed. They didn't want to face uh, Luka Doncic. They don't have a good guy to go up against Luka Doncic. However, when it comes to the Jazz, Rudy Gobert and Nikola Jokic obviously match up really well together. And over the last couple games this season, Nikola Jokic has kind of started to figure out how to take Rudy Gobert out of the factor. You know, he, he's figured out ways to stop his length. He's gotten more comfortable with that, which he wasn't always before this season. So I think that was a really big thing. And I think, you know, not having Gary Harris to put on Donovan Mitchell, 
I don't think that's how the Nuggets would have liked this to go because Gary Harris is their top guard defender and he's locked guards like Luka Doncic, like Donovan Mitchell, like Devin Booker down. But they still like their odds against them. You know, Torrey Craig in their first matchup all the way back last fall, Torrey Craig helps defend Mitchell. And I think Mitchell finished that game with just four points. So they know that they can take Utah's best two players out of the game and not make them a factor at all. And I think that they like that they know that they can do that. Yeah, when you look at that, you know, Harris has had a lot of success. So you don't think that there's going to be much of a drop-off as far as guarding Mitchell, or do you think there'd be a fairly significant one? What are you, what are you guessing here? You know, I think and I'd have to really see, but I think it'd have to be somewhere in the middle. I, I don't – I mean, obviously, you know, the game that they played – in the bubble just last week, Donovan Mitchell went off for 45 points and they weren't with Gary Harris. So do I think that Donovan Mitchell is going to score 45 points every single night? I mean, I can't say yes or no to that. It could happen. He's a really great player and a great scorer. But I don't think that they're going to hold him to four points like they did almost a year ago. I think, you know, they're going... I think this is where not having Mike Connolly... Utah not having Mike Connolly for these at least first two games is another advantage for Denver because now they can give even more attention to Donovan Mitchell. They don't have to worry about Connolly. Of course, they still have to worry about whoever they start in place of him, but it's not not to the same level and not to the same extent. And so I think that it's going to be a tough task for them to try and minimize the harm that Donovan Mitchell does to them. But, you know, I mean, Craig, Craig is known for his defense, not his offense. So I think that he, he could do a pretty good job on him. So assuming the Nuggets get past the Jazz, what kind of shot do they have against the Clippers, assuming the Clippers beat the Mavericks? You know, it, it should be interesting. They played a tight game in the bubble just to cut, like last week, and that was with the Nuggets playing their – bench players in the fourth quarter and it was still a close game so that says something but of course that was just a one-off game and this would be a best of seven series and it it would be it would be a tough tough task for them if we were you know we were talking before about how the Nuggets feel like they match up really well against Utah and I don't think that they match up as well against either Los Angeles team um so that would be you know they, they they talk about wanting to take the next step and the next you know, they made it to the Western Conference semis last year, so it would be taking that next step to the conference finals. But getting past the Clippers in order to do so would be a really difficult task for, for Denver. So who do you have winning it all, Kendra? The entire the entire The entire NBA. thing, the championship. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm gonna go I'm going Bucks. I think that I I they've done really well you know I go between Bucks and Lakers I just think that they've kind of been on different levels than everyone else in the NBA and I think first off that would be an extremely fun game to watch watching LeBron James and Anthony Davis go against Giannis Antetokounmpo would be great basketball um but I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the edge to the Bucks in the end well thanks for a few minutes thanks for giving us a lowdown on the series we appreciate it absolutely Kendra Andrews covers the Denver Nuggets for the Athletic. Joining us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, saying that uh, Harrison Barton will not play. So 
Not two players to the level of what the Jazz are missing, but missing two important rotation guys nonetheless, PK. It's it's something. I don't I think it's a trade they're willing to make. Not that you get to make it. You you miss who you miss. You don't have any control over it. But uh all things considered, I think it's one they'd make. Well, with those two guys out, uh I think it's favorite jazz. Yeah, I'm going positive. <laughs> jazz in five? No, no, no. There's no need to extend it beyond what you need to. Okay, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, coming up next. Ow! Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz home of the playoffs against the Nuggets in Orlando at 11.30. The game's on ESPN and AT&T Sportsnet. Zones coverage starts at 10.30. David Locke on the call at 11.30, pregame at 10.30. Mike Conley departed the bubble for the birth of his son in Columbus. He, No one knows when he'll be back and how long he'll have to quarantine when he returns, so he figures to miss at least two, uh, maybe three games in this. Jazz will also be without Ed Davis due to an MCL injury. Other playoff games today, Nets and Raptors at 2 o'clock, Sixers and Celtics at 4.30, Mavericks and Clippers at 7, all on ESPN. The Pelicans dismissed head coach Alvin Gentry Saturday after five seasons leading the franchise. They only won a couple games in Orlando during the NBA restart. This back-to-basketball update is presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. been a long four months. Welcome. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. As the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando, your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, one side of it, you, you're really happy for him because he's he's had another kid. He's Him and his family are growing, and, and obviously from our point of view, we, we 100% su- support him going to see his his family uh, and be with his family. So that's kind of first and foremost. But yeah, obviously, on the flip side of that, he, he's a big part of our team. So whenever Mary and, and Mike feel comfortable that, that it's the right time for, for him to come back, we'll, we'll obviously bring him in with open arms. But until then, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's much bigger than basketball. Joe Ingles talking about Mike Conley. Conley's left the bubble. His wife giving birth to their son. Not clear when Conley will be back, but sure to miss two games. Probably going to miss three, and then we can figure it out from there, I guess. Uh, once he comes back, we'll know uh, with the quarantine and all that and have kind of an idea on the timeline. But PK Game 1 is right in front of us at 11.30 this morning. We're two hours away, and they're not going to have Conley for that. They're not going to have Bogdanovich. As you pointed out uh, earlier, we talked about they, they spent $50 million to upgrade on two players to upgrade their shooting, and now they don't have those two players for the playoffs. Ironic. Not happy news for the Jazz fans, but ironic nonetheless. Yeah, well, um, I'm trying to think of uh, just maybe two games they played without those both of those guys. Conley was out a bunch, but Bogdanovich was a mainstay. 
that doesn't bode well for their chances. But at the same time, just uh, let it all hang out. Uh, you know, you you were underdogs. Now you're even bigger underdogs. So uh, go have some fun. Play some ball. You may only have four games to go this year, and then you got to sit out for a while. So go down swinging. If you're gonna go down, go down with everything you got. Bring it. Chance for someone to come in and make their mark. It's usually it's veterans who make their mark in the playoffs, and the young guys usually struggle. You know, Locke had an interesting theory, and, you know, he's got theories. But one was that one thing that makes it crazy in the playoffs is, uh, you know, the buildings are full, which isn't that big a difference in Utah, but is in other places. And people are really revved up, and does all that get to guys? And will it not get to guys playing in an empty building? You think the young guys, fans get in their head and all that and all the noise and it just creates this atmosphere. It's a wow, you know, eyes wide open, all that stuff. No. I'm not it's, that the, that, it's that the other teams all dialed in and playing their best ball and you find out how big the gap is between you and them. But you're, you're talking specifically young guys now? Yeah, because the Jazz apparently are going to count on guys who've got very little experience. In some cases, maybe guys who are playing in the G League. I would think they would have hard palpitations no matter what the circumstances are. So the venue, to me, flushes out because I'd have a form of nervousness as I'm in the game, but then when I'm in the game, it should just be hoop, and you do what you do, and uh, you know, do you have confidence in yourself? I think that's what matters. And so the fact that there's nobody screaming at you from the second row or whatever – I don't. I wouldn't think that would factor in because you would have far bigger issues on your mind because this is your big chance, and you know you've, a lot of them haven't had much of a chance this season. So we'll see who gets much of a chance. I don't know specifically what Quinn Snyder wants to do. We discussed it here, and I think in the last segment, do you have a plan? Clarkson can go out and go zero for fifteen, and he's still going to get his time, right? Well, one of these other guys, is Quinn going to stick with fill-in-the-blank player? You're my seventh, eighth guy, and I'm going to ride you, man, so be ready. Or does he look at, okay, you guys, here's your chance, three or four of you, here's your shot. And so who plays better among this group is going to get more opportunity. You know, how does he, how does he approach that psychologically? Because you have to factor, part of being a coach is you've got to be uh, almost uh, in in the, in the office and have somebody lying down on the couch and you're counseling them, you know, and that stereotype because you've got to make sure that they're mentally ready too. Now they've got some degree of physical skill or else they wouldn't be there in the first place. Well, what's the difference? You know, they may have limited physical skill compared to a Donovan Mitchell. Most players would obviously, but you know, how do you prepare them mentally for this opportunity? That's why there's all sorts of intriguing aspects to this game, to this series here. You know, because you can draw a whole lot of confidence and still lose the game, uh, or you can get smothered and look like, oh man, man, it's hopeless. So I'm interested to see. We know what he's going to do with uh, his top guys, right? But what's he going to do as the bench has been extended now through necessity? And where do you go there? And does he play the hot hand, or does he stick with one or two guys and say, hey, you know, we're not, I'm just not going to dump you in there for two or three-minute segments. You're going to be counted on to play 17 to 18 minutes. 
which for a lot of these guys, that would be just uncharted territory. So how are they going to handle that? We discussed that quite a bit this morning uh, with the Jazz and how they're going to fill in for Conley. We did talk about uh, some of the other uh, playoffs briefly, but is there that much in the first round to get your attention? Are you that hung up on the Thunder and the Rockets? I don't know that I'm hung up, but there's quality ball players there that draw my interest. I've told you a million times over, my interest is you go out there and you play as hard as you can. And if you're doing that... I'm good. I'm good to go. Doesn't mean I'm going to be sitting there watching every single second of every game. Obviously, the Jazz we are because it's work for us. Uh, but the other ones, uh, you, you know, right after this, I'm going to run to the gym and come back and watch the game. And, and then I got to mow the lawn. And, you know, then tonight, yeah. I can watch Doncic play. Absolutely, I can watch Doncic play. Who couldn't? If you, if you don't like watch Doncic play, you don't like basketball. The kid's got a charismatic personality. He smiles all the time, and he's really, really good. So, yeah, in the West, the East is another story because I don't focus a whole lot on the East, Brooklyn and some of these other teams. I have to. I could tell you off the top of my head what the West matchups are. I'd have to double-check in the East to see because I am f- heavily focused on the West because, obviously, that's where the Jazz are. But, yeah, Toronto and Boston and Milwaukee, you know, I can watch them. Once, once you get beyond that a little bit, uh, I'm searching. But because they're playing those other teams, that means I have to watch them by default. Other stuff that happened today that we uh, discussed here, the, uh, the NFL, Alex Smith is back off the physically unable to perform list. He actually practiced. And for a guy who had 17 surgeries and almost have his, had his leg amputated, uh, that's an incredible story right there. Now, is he the quarterback of the future for Washington? Are they looking for a quarterback of the future? The quarterback of the now doesn't do him that much good. Nobody expects anything out of him now. Is he actually going to get back out on the field and play? Just making it back to practice is an incredible story, playing to be the next step. And he doesn't have preseason games for them to kind of uh, test him out in. Well, well I mean, Haskins got some time last year, so I would think they would go in that direction. I mean, nothing against Alex, but how old is he now? It's a nice story that he got back and all, but still, you got a new coach. You got a new GM or new president here that they just announced uh, you know, yesterday or today. So they're, these guys will get some time. It doesn't make any sense in my mind to play someone in mid-30s or whatever Alex might be. It's a great story for having to come. Two different stories. You've got him being able to come back is awesome. And then now you got the team, the Washington team, what's best for them. Jason Wright is the new team president, first black president of an NFL team, replaces Bruce Allen. Wright played in the league for seven years. He was a running back for the Cardinals, the Falcons, and the Browns. I have no memory of him. Do you, PK? No. Yeah. As a player, no. No. But now he is the president, and for uh, Washington, it's the uh, perpetual rebuild. We were talking rebuilds that have gone on too long. If you've been down for 20 years, if you've been down for 10, 15 years, the worst rebuilds right now in pro sports, the longest, most overdue rebuilds, the Suns, the Kings, Washington. Oh, I think you got to go the Knicks more than those two. Classic. In football, though, we've seen it. You can turn around pretty quick which you do the right thing. Which makes the fact that they haven't in uh, 20-ish years 
all the worse. They haven't been in the playoffs in 20 years? No, they have been in the playoffs. Uh, it's been five years since they were in the playoffs. Uh, they've won one playoff game in 20 years. They haven't won any playoff games in 15. See, I think if you're in the playoffs in the NFL, you usually have a pretty good team. Not always. There's been some teams right around 500 or Seattle. I think one year was under it. But I think that uh, getting to the playoffs in the NFL is the most difficult accomplishment. They've won three playoff games in 30 years. Uh, 2000, going back 2015, 2012, 2007, they were one and done in each of those. And the other three times, 2005, 1999, and 92. That's a whole lot of years missing the playoffs. Basically, 26 out of the last 28 years they've been in the playoffs. Not very good. So the rebuild continues there. Uh, college football news, parents from Ohio State, Iowa, and Penn State speaking out against the Big Ten decision to postpone the Add football Nebraska season. Add Nebraska to that list today. Add Nebraska this, to the list this morning. Many of them writing letters to the conference, and Justin Field, the Ohio State quarterback, has an online petition with 218,000 signatures. Think the Big Ten will reverse itself, PK? No. Yeah, me I neither. They've, they've dug in. But this is the first time that I've actually – done anything to support Ohio State in any manner. Why are you so down on Ohio State? Does it go back to one Rose Bowl game or a hiring of a couple of coaches, maybe an AD? Yeah, far deeper than that, my friend. I'll tell you someday. Okay. You're down on the Buckeyes. Except for in this one instance. I support this young man, this quarterback. Now, I don't know that they can play. I don't know the other conferences can play. But I don't get why they had to do it so soon. And I don't get why the Pac-12 had to play follow the leader. Again. And I don't get why Kevin Warren's son can play for Mississippi State. And I don't get why Iowa State can play, but Iowa can't. High school sports in Iowa, including last spring, could play, but Iowa can't. Now maybe that will become crystal clear in time. Yeah, does it a little bit of it? I, I can't speak to the high school stuff, but with Iowa and Iowa State, I would think that neither one of those schools run those leagues and they got to go on with the group. I mean, if Oklahoma and Texas want to play, then the big, the big, uh, now let's make sure we get the numbers right. The Big 12, you know, not the Big 10, even though they have 10 teams. The Big 12 is going to play if Oklahoma and Texas want to play, and Iowa State's just got to roll with it. For whatever your reasons, I don't understand why one team in the same state is Can't safe do it. it's and the other team, not. it's not. And you're going to die. All of you are going to die. I don't think all of them are going to die. Well, one person dying is traumatic. That's so true. So I don't need all of them to die. One person, because you played football, you're going to die. Notable results from the major leagues. Well, Ramirez... Major League Baseball record. He gives up back-to-back-to-back-to-back home runs in his Major League debut. No one in their debut had ever given up four consecutive home runs. And PK, you, with your strategic look at baseball, you had, you had advice for him that could have kept him out of the record book. Yeah, I'd say the fourth hitter, just don't throw a strike. <laughs> Walk him. Walk him and snap the streak. Yeah. At least break the home run streak, then you can worry about getting an out. White Sox beat the Cardinals 7-2. Ramirez. Do you know what his ERA is now? What is his ERA now? An even 81.00. Nowhere to go but down. Pretty much. Which means he got outs then because if it did, it would be infinity. 
Correct. He just dropped his head when he gave up the first one. The others, he didn't react the same way, but the first one was so far gone, he just dropped his head like, yeah, that's out of here. Is Oakland that good? They've been good in the regular season, money ball, and they've had multiple playoff teams, but in the playoffs, it hasn't worked for them. And it's been traditionally, you know, they get beat by the big money club and, you know, the Yankees take them down, whatever. So, Yankees look good again. The Dodgers, the two preseason favorites, they're both getting on a roll here looking good. But Oakland has been really hot. Can it be any different, PK? Or are they just setting themselves up for an October loss? Are you asking me, are they going all the way? Probably not. You've asked me any team, are they going all the way? That's overwhelming to pick any one team. So I wouldn't pick Oakland. I don't know who's going to go all the way. This is baseball. Crazy things happen. It's not like basketball where you go into a series and you can predict the winner 90% of the time. So crazy things could happen for Oakland, not necessarily against them then. You're saying there's a chance. Yes, absolutely. Yes, no question about that. I agree with that perspective 100%. Yes. Oakland 10 games over 500 now. You know, the thing that's really different about baseball this year is because people are playing geographically, right? You're playing inside your division, and then the, the two Western divisions are playing each other, the Eastern uh-huh. divisions are playing each other. Is right. that everything's kind of happened. I shouldn't use the phrase in the bubble because that means suddenly means something new this summer it never met before. But each of these, it's a little college football-ish in that each of these um, are happening in a bubble, and there isn't a lot to compare and contrast between you know what somebody's doing in the central and you know how do you compare the cubs who are rolling in the uh, national league central and oakland who's rolling in the american league west they they're not playing any common opponents i agree with you so that just makes it makes it more intriguing because these are the rules that they decided to go with and to a degree it makes sense but it also makes it more intriguing it's more mysterious when we get there, how will that matchup be? Because you won't have anything to bat, uh, relate it to. But at the same time, I think that the year that the, the Dodgers, when they won their World Series, which was like 88, didn't they lose something like 11 out of 12 to the Mets? Some ridiculous number. And then they beat them in the postseason. It's just baseball, man. And momentum extends as far as the starting pitcher. DJ and PK, that's some of the stuff we have been talking about over the course of this show, and it is all brought to you by Larry H. Milner, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ramey, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Your feedback coming up, a lot of predictions for the Jazz in the postseason. We'll get to them next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. The one and only David Locke. Let's start with Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. is going to be great. He's going to be one of the best offense players in the league. But he's a rookie who hasn't played a lot. I think what's going to happen in this series, you're going to find out. And this is just for me watching a little bit and being giving a scouting report by a coach in the league. Michael Porter Jr. takes one dribble to his left and he comes up and shoots. And if he puts it on the deck to the right, he's going to the basket. If that's true, our staff will figure that out. So let's see on that. I also think Michael Porter Jr. has got to guard Joe Ingles, which means you're going to see a lot of Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert pick and roll and see if Michael Porter Jr. wants to handle that. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
So we don't have Bogdanovich or Conley, who we traded for for this very moment, but it's okay because really it's a wash. Bogdanovich was awesome and better than expected, and Mike Connolly was a huge disappointment. DJ PK, it is time for your feedback. Brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City. You can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Your predictions amidst the irony of the Jazz missing the two guys that they acquired last offseason specifically for this moment. Land still bleeds. Land at need backup says Jazz and six. Yeah, that'd be a massive upset. Yeah, that would be a real huge blow to Denver and their legitimacy or their claim to legitimacy as far as being a legitimate contender. Chad says, we beat Denver, and the next round depends on who we play. People finally realize nationally and locally how great Gobert is and stop saying crazy things like the Jazz should not extend him. Uh, uh, depends on who we'd play. Well, almost certainly the Clippers. I mean, the winner of the Clippers and Mavericks. The Clippers. Uh, yeah, I would there. think so. But I think Gobert's already established himself. Are we still on that lack of respect to Gobert? Yes! Get over that. Except for the two-time defensive player of the year, which seems to indicate a certain amount of respect. You'd think. There you go with your logic again, PK. Well, I get sick and tired of <laughs> no. uh, They don't respect the, the reality is... This this jazz and the Utes get tons of respect. Yes, they get. I don't want to say they get more respect than they deserve because that you you get what you deserve and you earn it. That's something that needs to be earned. But the the way the the jazz organization just welcomes national media at the drop of a hat, and why are they welcoming him? Because they're going to write positive stuff. I mean. The the biggest scandal the Jazz have had was this unsalvageable relationship, right? That might be the biggest thing of all time, and and turned out well, that was very much salvageable. Uh, I wonder the biggest scandal of all time. Yeah, what scandals have they had? Most. My point is the publicity that they get from yeah. the national folks. Ninety nine point nine percent of it is positive. Uh, the only two that came to mind were Carl uh, Malone having the kids nobody knew about. That was a scandal and a big deal. That wasn't deal a jazz scandal. He was 19 years old. And then uh, two players using fake names at a bar. Oh, there brother. was some kind of skirmish or something. I don't know. Two jazz players use fake names and walk into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> that led to Tori Ellis bobblehead night, at least and in your mind. <laughs> they really missed a great marketing opportunity. <laughs> they did. <laughs> But not for lack of trying by you. You went right to the top and shared the idea. Before I was even hired. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, I'm going to say stuff like this. So before we do this, if this is going to bug you, I'm just not your guy. (laughs) And then you tell them. And then people are supposed to be all buttoned (laughs) down. It's kind of funny, but I can't be seen laughing at that. (laughs) All right. We are out of time. Uh, Quinn Snyder's pregame press conference is supposed to be coming up momentarily. Scotty and Hans should have it for you in the, uh, right at the start of their show. So we'll get out of here now and make room for that. The game's at 1130, pregame at 1030, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I guess that's it. 
We'll see y'all tomorrow. We'll talk tomorrow. We'll see. We'll talk tomorrow. We're good. We're gonna talk tomorrow. We're gonna we'll do it do it the right way tomorrow. So now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. There are a couple of reasons that I didn't become a doctor. Same reasons you what, didn't become what? a paleontologist. Why do you crack a smile and well, then make just, a joke? I'm just saying, like, yeah, there's a couple of reasons I wasn't a lawyer. Number one, the LSAT scared me. Number two, I thought I'd fail miserably. And number three, I didn't think I was smart enough. So yeah, there are just a couple of reasons why I didn't become a lawyer. Can I make a 